Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, sorry I'm late today, but I uh, had some things to attend to. Took my mom out for her birthday dinner. That's, you know, these are the Texas things. Road, Texas Roadhouse? No, no. We went, to, we went to Taste of Texas. Oh, that's a great spot. And down in Houston. Yeah, it was really nice. Nice dinner tonight. Um, thank you all for joining us. Uh, I'm with Jerry Hamilton. I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, this is On Texas Football, the Tuesday night live stream. Uh, we're going to go over several topics tonight, uh, Jerry and I, including uh, the uh, decision uh, of uh, several players, including Donald Catalan. Or excuse me, I did it again. Jalen Catalan, the Arkansas defensive back to transfer to Texas yesterday. Uh, we also have some other news. We're waiting to uh, talk about the wide receiver coach's position at the University of Texas, as well as the decision that finally got announced, Christian Jones. Uh, the senior, now he's going to be a sixth-year senior at Texas, the right tackle, announced he's coming back today. We had mentioned that uh, on Friday, uh, that he was likely to return. We also are hearing that uh, maybe uh, Gary Patterson, might his time in Austin might be near done, uh, the uh, former TCU head coach uh, and whatnot. We'll talk about what we know in that situation as well. Jerry, welcome in, bud. Uh, welcome to the show. Let's get going, uh, I think, right off the bat with Jalen Catalan and what you think he means uh, to this Texas secondary. If healthy, he's worth a win or two. I, there's no doubt about it. He's a guy was an All-American at Arkansas before the shoulder injury set in. He had one of the great redshirt freshman seasons as a secondary player in SEC history. Um, so 99 tackles, three interceptions, number of passes defended. Uh, like we talked about, you know, look, we had him on the Under Armour camp circuit when I was at ESPN Under Armour All-America game in camps, and he's always plays faster than he'll ever test. He's always going to play more physical than his size would tell you, 5'9", 200 pounds, but he, he hits like he's 220 or did before the shoulder injuries. Uh, just an instinctive player, a tough player. Um, he's one of those guys that's a really good athlete, but he's not a 40 fast athlete, if that makes sense. He's just a really good athlete, but his instincts make him what he is on, on the football field. And look, Barry Odom's a tremendous defensive mind. Um, and he was arguably the best, easily the best player on that defense before his injury set in. I think it's a huge uh, win for Texas out of the portal, assuming he's healthy. I mean, that's always going to be the question with him now coming off the reconstructive shoulder surgery. Uh, but if Texas could get 50% of the snaps this season out of him, they're a better football team. Yeah, I look, I, I'm, I am hopeful uh, that he returns to his playmaking ability of yore. Uh, you and I have talked about this, Jerry, at, at length. Texas needs playmakers on defense in the yes. worst way. Um, and so we'll have to wait and see what all that means. Uh, but if he is healthy, uh, that would be absolutely huge. Uh, for the Longhorns. I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Energy Texas. Uh, Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas, not back east, not overseas. We're proud, uh, Texans, we're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. We appreciate the, the guys there at energytexas.com. Uh, Jerry, other news, uh, Christian Jones returns. Uh, we've got that to talk about. We need to talk and what that means for the offensive line. Uh, we've got uh, Gary Patterson. I mentioned it, that I'm hearing that he's likely lay, uh, likely leaving uh, the Longhorns and would not be uh, surprised 
if that is a uh, uh, final sometime here in the near future. That being said, people are saying, well, I, I don't think that the job offer that's out there for the University of Texas or the job placement is what you think it's for, Bobby. My comment had nothing to do with the job placement earlier today. People misconstrued right. that. Right. Uh, I have no doubt that Texas is going to ha have multiple special assistants to the head coach. Yes. Yeah. It's not just one. Right. Um, and you and I both know who that person is, Jerry, or who we think that's going to be. Yeah. But it, it's irrelevant of, of Gary Patterson. It's not instead of. Uh, Gary Patterson's situation is something that I want to talk about is uh, I've, I've gotten word that he's likely moving back to Fort Worth because he, he, he spent a, a season away from his wife, uh, his home in Fort Worth. Um, and uh, that's that's the deal. Has it been? Am I saying that this is absolutely done and it's over? No, nothing official has come out. But that's what I'm hearing behind the scenes. What, what are you hearing, uh, Jerry? Yeah, similar. I mean, nothing different than that. Um, and yeah, I think uh, there's going to be. I think there's going to be a special assistant, the head coach on both sides of the ball. I think that's where things are headed. Look, I know we're going to get into the director of football operations with Chris Gilbert leaving. There's going to be two of those. There's going to be one that's Dallas area uh, with all the contacts and uh, some people call it the plug in, in the Dallas area. And then there's going to be one in the Houston area or Syntex area with um, Houston ties. I mean, so I think that's where things are headed. Uh, I think these, uh, football departments are only going to grow. There's more money coming in, uh, TV contract money coming in with the portal, with high school recruiting. I mean, there's just more going on nowadays, um, and there's too much for a nine- or ten-man staff to handle, and you're going to continue to have uh, more more positions. I'm not saying every year, but I think you're going to have two director, a director of uh, uh, high school relations and then an assistant to that. And I think you're going to have a special assistant to the head coach on both sides of the ball. I just think that's where things are headed with Texas football and most major programs. Yeah, I mean, people jumped on that. Oh, Bobby, you're just copying something that happened. This isn't – it's two separate things. Yeah. And people didn't necessarily understand that when I wrote it. Um, so we'll see how this all plays out. Again, I'm not declaring it done. I'm just saying behind the scenes, that is the word that uh, Gary, Gary Patterson uh, expected. I, I don't expect him uh, to be back, but – you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, also, you mentioned the uh, director of player personnel, Chris Gilbert, leaving. Director uh, of high school relations. High school relations. Yep. Uh, you know, Jerry, you've been running that down. Uh, you've talked about it in Houston and in Dallas. They're looking for, for folks that can help in both places. Uh, it may be a multiple person job. Uh, and so people need to realize that and uh, uh, understand that that's where some of this can go. Uh, Jerry, talk a little bit now about some things that are more, fi more finalized. Brennan Marion's gone. Yeah. So we have the wide receivers coach's position available. And then Christian Jones return. Talk about what we know at this point uh, on the filling of the wide receiver coach's role. Yeah, I mean, we've heard some names, um, obviously, behind the scenes, right? And we've reported on some of those. Um, you know, Holman Wiggins. Um, Justin Johnson, who's at Baylor, which we don't think as of this evening's happening, but we'll see. Um, uh, Kerry Colbert, you know, you heard those. And Holman Wiggins, Kerry Colbert were names you heard early when Sarkeesian was hired at Texas. Um, so I, I don't think it's at Alabama now. Yep. And Colbert's and now Colbert, at Florida yeah. was at USC. Yep. And then, uh, you know, Justin Johnson, we heard Justin step a little bit. South Carolina is a possibility that, that Texas was looking at. 
Um, so those, you know, the names are out there. Um, look, there could always be somebody outside that. They could be outside that box. Um, uh, so we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, so the latest is, you know, Inside Texas heard this evening that Justin Johnson, maybe not. So that, you know, does that mean sarcasm's guy? I guess we'll find out soon. Yeah, I mean, I, who knows, right? That's what we're right. trying to trying to find out. And, uh, you know, the, the key here, and this is the reality of it is, is that uh, the wide receiver coach's position has been a, in a state of turnover the last two years. Uh, a year ago, it was Andre Coleman being replaced by Brennan Marin. Uh, a lot of people thought, oh, well, Brennan Marion is finally this piece of the puzzle that Sark needs as the wide receiver coach. Well, the reality of it is Brennan Marion, like a lot of assistant coaches, especially ones that aren't coordinators, are a bit of a nomad. I mean, they're nomads at times. Mm -hmm. uh, they have to be. That's what their job is predicated on. They move from job to job. Well, this is going to be Brennan Marion's, I think, fourth job in four years now that he's the co-offense coordinator or the offense coordinator, excuse me, at uh, UNLV. So and, and, yeah, and I, I think there's three pieces for all these position coaches that, I mean, the fans, I think majority of them understand, but I, I think it's worth talking about Bobby because I think they're all very important. Um, one is the actual coaching on the field, of course. Um, two is the recruiting um, aspect of it. And three is you have to be in control of your room. I mean, it, it, in, in some ways that may be number one. I mean, especially in the NIL world nowadays, you know, you have to control your room. And if you can't control your room, it's going to be hard to coach on the field. Right. And then are your players going to help you recruit? So I think all three of those things are probably equal nowadays. But in the NIL, NIL world we live in, I'm not sure controlling your room doesn't jump to number one. A. I don't yeah. know your thoughts. No, I think I think that's part of it. You know, I think that. Um, in the NIL world, things are different. Yeah. You know, you have uh, guys that uh, are basically free market, free agent type situations, and you have to be able to play the best player while also keeping in mind you got to play the guy with the best effort, too. Yeah. And it has the, the, the team first attitude. Um, and all guys, all players aren't created equal. So I'm not saying that, but uh, you have to find that nice mix. And being that coach that can do that uh, and manage that is going to be paramount while coaching them how to play receiver, by the way. Because unlike in the pro game where you talk – the pro game is where you really talk about can a guy control the room. Right. Because you have these outsized egos. That's now a new thing in college. But yeah. also in college, the bigger piece is tech, you, you need a more of a technician at wide receiver coach than you do in the pro game because right. – uh, ostensibly they've learned more once they've gotten to the pros and they're there for a reason. Um, and so Texas needs a little bit of both. Uh, and it's not an easy mix. I wouldn't say that at all. It's it's just one of those things that we have to be aware of as, as and Sark in particular needs to be aware of as we're watching who he's trying to bring in. And, and look, these all these assistant coaches in college football are in a transition mode as well. Yeah, they're well paid, right? They they're very well paid, but they've now into in entered a situation where there may be a player in their room making more money than them. <laughs> I'm definitely, I definitely know that that's the case at smaller schools. Right. So I, mean, I, I was talking to somebody that, I mean, no, I don't want to say who, but somebody at a school in the state of North Carolina, not, not university of North Carolina, because people know, I know Matt Brown, but 
that not 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 University of North Carolina, but there is absolutely a coach that that is the case in that state. Yeah. And so, so. these these coaches are in a transition right now in college football. They're not the highest paid guy in the room. <laughs> not always. Yeah. Not always. And that's never been the case. <laughs> How do you haze somebody that makes more money than you? I, yeah. Tell them to go get your go go wash the towels or what? I mean, what do you do? Right. You know? uh, hey, uh, Jerry, want to talk about Christian Jones as well and his return? Uh, guy asked, "Why keep uh, Francisco Martinez? Asked, Why keep Christian Jones and not Junior Angelau? I I think that Christian Jones as a starter um, is going to be harder to to replace than Angelau, who missed last year and is still rehabbing a knee. I mean, yeah. let's basically cure." Uh, clear Anglau is not even cleared for workouts yet. Yeah. So to to say that those are similar, that's just two two dissimilar people. Well, and I would add that one's a pro prospect, and the other you don't know if he ever was going to be. I mean, Christian Jones is going to be a drafted player. It's just where and at what position and how high. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. And I think that, that the question that we have now is, you know, what positions... And where do all these puzzle pieces fit at Texas in the spring? Now that you know you have Christian Jones back, all five starting offensive linemen return. You know Neto Umiozulu, DJ Campbell, and uh, Cam Williams are breathing down the necks of each and everybody on the on the line of scrimmage. It's going to be an interesting spring uh, practice for Kyle Flood and his group along the offensive front. I think that's going to be maybe the most – fascinating thing for me in the spring other than the first photos of Arch Manning throwing a football in a Texas helmet right that's what everybody's <laughs> waiting for um but is how does he move his pieces around on the offensive line who's cross training where right I mean I, I think you know with Christian Jones coming back does Christian cross train at guard does Cam Williams cross train at guard what does that mean for Neto what's he going to do um who, who could fill the, the Carrick role even though you don't want to have that as much on the field, you still got to have the role, right? Um, so I just think that's going to be fascinating to see um, how Coach Flood moves those pieces around in the spring. I mean, is Cole Hudson strictly guard? Does he come in and compete with Majors and Connor at center or something, cross train a little bit? Just how much are things going to move around on that offensive line? Because this is the first time in a long time at Texas that you have almost three deep of scholarship offensive linemen. Obviously, the four freshmen are going to be the scout team guys, but you have enough guys that are on scholarship that are talented enough players where you can actually do a lot of mixing and matching in the spring to make sure you find your five best and you're the best rotation you have going into next year. Um, I am seeing a note that Jordan Johnson rebel, the safety, I think he's at IMG, but was from Fort Worth. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Next, he just released his top 12. Uh, he's a 2024 prospect. One of the top safeties in the country, right, Jerry? You know a little bit about him. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's a kid who really likes Texas. We'll see who Texas pushes for at the safety position. Um, but he, he's a kid who really likes Texas. The IMG staff loves the kid. The guy, the IMG down in Bradenton, they just love the kid. Um, and I saw him 
last year at IMG when I was down there for uh, Future 50. He wasn't competing in it, but he was on campus at IMG. And um, actually, he may have taken part in some of that. Um, but I spoke with his mom a little bit. She was in town to see him. And uh, yeah, he really likes Texas. If Texas makes a strong push, that's one they could win. We'll see where they go at the safety position with Peyton Woodyard going to Georgia. Does that now put uh, Johnson Rebell in a position where Texas makes a stronger push for him? We'll see. Yeah, um, it's a it's a big deal uh, that uh, we're already talking about 2024s just a by, week after signing day. <laughs> by, by the way, Bobby, we're now seeing Colorado pop up on all these top 10 and 12s and 15s. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. yeah. Colorado's showing up on a bunch of lists. Doesn't mean he's going to get all the guys. But you know what? It's nice to be listed if you're Dion in Colorado. They're all popping up. They're popping up on all these lists. Yeah, I got to be I got to be honest. I, I think that. I think Dion's got some some swagger. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's see what that swagger looks like once he goes through a full season. Exactly, no question. You know, um, it, it, Dion isn't the same. Going to be the same if he's three and nine this time last next year. Hey, by, by the way, seeing the TCU and the twelve, I want we need to hit on the game a little bit. Um, and here's what I want to hit on the game about. And I don't want to get into a deep conversation, but I do want to say something about the game last night. Yeah, let's talk about No, don't, don't worry about it. Let's talk about it a bit. So, and, and this is not a, I'm not poking any bears. I'm not having fun with this. I'm just being real. There's a lot of people out there that say recruiting rankings don't matter. <laughs> last night you saw why recruiting rankings absolutely matter. That was a talent mismatch. And TCU's not a not talented team, but Georgia is the best program in college football right now. Go ahead. Here, here's what I would say to you, particularly along, along the offensive and defensive line. Yes, yes. That, that that's where because I have I am of the opinion. I mean, I've been doing recruiting for thirty years. I'm of the opinion that the difference between most skill players is yay big. Very small between even between Quentin Johnson and A.D. Mitchell, for example, the the two opposites last night uh, for Georgia and for uh, for them. McConkie, how much better is he than Tay Barber, really? Right. You know, I mean, I I think I feel like they're just very skinny differences at the skill level. You put the Georgia offensive line up against the TCU offensive line. And I think the, the the differences are wider. The same with the front seven on defense. Yes. Um, and that is where that game – I know Stetson Bennett played a whale of a game. I think that Todd it, – it, It's fun when you don't get touched. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Todd Munkin called a whale of a game. Right. I mean, I, I don't want to take anything away from their coaches, their players, their execution. I don't want to take anything away from TCU for being in the game in the first place. Right. But – from a recruiting perspective, I think that offensive and defensive line and that defensive front. That's it. That those, those, the the chasm between a really high level player there and what a lot of the big 12 plays with at the offensive and defensive line is a big, big difference. And that was, it wasn't so much Max Duggan wasn't as good as um, Stetson Bennett as it was Max Duggan didn't have the time that Stetson Bennett had. (laughs) Let's put it that way. (laughs) You know, he didn't have a tight end. No, I mean, Brock, what a absolute stud Brock Bowers is. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
that that guy's fun to watch. Um, uh, and so I, I hear you. I agree. Recruiting rankings. Absolutely. You know, it's and it's not. Here's the other issue, too. Recruiting rankings are cumulative on the mm-hmm. offensive and defensive line. Unlike yes. a single quarterback or a single running back, really, you can get away with one B. John Robinson or one Quinn Ewers, you know, right. whoever you want to call. But you can stack offensive and defensive linemen where you have 10 blue chips on the offensive line yes. and 10 blue chips, whereas another team has two. And when you have to, especially on the defensive line, where they can't play 60, 70, 80 plays that's, a game. That's it for me. Yeah. And you saw Georgia rotating in two freshmen, one of which had, I think, two two or three pressures in the game. And Bear Alexander looked like a, the next coming of whoever. You know, right. Well, and, and to your point, Bobby, if you look at there's two things that really stick out to me is, you know, we have discussion on inside Texas a lot. You can mask an offensive line if you're great on the offensive line, even better. Clemson masked an offensive line that didn't have a first round pick. They haven't had a first round pick since the early 80s, right? They've had some fourth, fifth round picks. But when Clemson won, was dominant, their whole they had six defensive linemen that got drafted in the, what the first three rounds. Um, in Georgia, if you look at recruiting Georgia, Alabama, all they were always battling one, two, three in the country, right? But it took a Kirby Smart a while. But the front seven talent at Georgia is greater than Alabama. And, yes, Alabama has Will Anderson um, and the kid from Aquinas whose names. But the interior guys, the linebacker guys, they're better at Georgia now. And it took Kirby a while to get over that hump, keeping all those kids home in state, right? You saw it last night with Michael Williams, right, a kid from Columbus, Georgia. That kid goes to Bama when Kirby Smart was at Bama and Nick Saban were at Bama together, right? That kid's not going to play for Mark Rick. So Georgia's now better than Alabama in the front seven. Um, Clemson was dominant. Ohio State can hang in those games because they are almost that talented in their defensive fronts, right? But here's the other thing that I took from that game last night. And I'm not saying Jalen Catalan's question, right? Georgia's safeties were extremely fast in the football game reacting last night. And when I was watching that, I said, you know, if Jalen Callon's healthy, Texas is going to see a guy reacting and playing that fast at safety. Uh, they they need it. Um, look, I think that Texas is is in a situation right now um, with Christian Jones returning. By the way, Jerry, ten yeah. of eleven starters now return on offense for Texas next season. Yeah, um, of course, number eleven is actually Bijan Robinson, right. and that doesn't include Roshan Johnson which were the two leaders of the offense, but still 10 of 11 is a pretty salty number. Uh, one that I think if you were told, you know, to, to give it a go, what would you like? You'd like 10 of 11, right? You'd take eight of 11 or seven of 11 coming back, but 10 of 11 is, is quite a bit. Um, you know, I also want to mention the portal. Um, I do not think Texas is done right now in the portal with Catalan uh, with Sandberg, the, uh, the the punter from Stanford, uh, as well as Gavin Holmes, the cornerback from Wake Forest. Those are the three Texas has brought in. Uh, we still think they're, they're looking at uh, an edge prospect or two in the portal and trying to bring them in, mm-hmm. as well as uh, possible wide receiver recruits as well, some of whom may or may not already be in the portal. Gary Bryant is a name that I have not mentioned publicly, 
uh, as yet, but I need to add him to the list of guys that Texas might be interested in. He is a wide receiver at the University of Southern California that caught 40-something balls a year ago, then started playing this year, and then decided to sit out and transfer and uh, take his red shirt. Um, and so he is from Corona Centennial High School in California, and I think that uh, that's a guy that Texas could look at at wide receiver as well. So um, there's a number of guys out there. There's a number of guys that are yet to go in that that could go in either this week or Jerry. They could wait until after the May, the in, during the May period, and, and we'll see. But I do expect Texas to still go on at least one or two wide receivers in this group. Yeah, and and I think they. Uh... Um, I, I think they need to, you know, um, obviously that seems like an obvious answer. So I'm getting texts on all, all the coaching search stuff. But yeah, so, I mean, it's, uh, look, Texas is, they need another vertical threat. I think in, in for really Sarkeesian to maximize this offense and what he wants to do schematically. And that's why the Nair injury was so big this year. Right. I mean, that kind of forced um, Xavier worthy, maybe into a couple of different roles, probably one, you know, it just changed the dynamic of the position. Um, so if, if somebody with some size that can get down the field and can win vertically um, can take some pressure off a of worthy, um, whether that's Nair coming back, but I think they need to add somebody because you just don't know what Nair is going to be coming back. Um, I think that'd be huge. I mean, look, we, Bobby, you're the first person to say it. I mean, you need starter level players out of the portal. And I think Texas is three for three. They haven't, I don't think they've been three for three before. I think they're three for three in this one, right? I mean, maybe I'm missing last year. I mean, obviously Watson and uh, in, in, in Quinn Ewers, but um, you know, they're three for three this year. Corner that's a two-year starter, a safety that was a freshman All-American, a punter that's a three- or four-year starter. So if you can pull one at wide receiver and a, one of those wide receivers can get down the field vertically, I think it's going to do wonders for the Texas offense and for Quinn in a second year starting. And then if you find the edge the guy, I mean, you know, then suddenly you're starting to talk about a 10-11 win team with everybody else that's coming back. I do not mean to be a tease here. Uh, to the audience that's listening right now or to the folks on Inside Texas. But it sounds like Texas might be getting good news from someone tomorrow. Read your text, Jerry. From oh, I know. I saw it. <laughs> okay. So we'll we'll wait. Uh, we're not going to divulge that because we don't know what uh, what uh, needs to be said and what doesn't need, need to be said. But we think Texas is going to be getting good news uh, tomorrow. Uh, and Jerry and I may have to reconvene and, and talk about that as well. All right. Um, other things that, that we want to talk about, I want to take some questions like we have each and every Tuesday night uh, and do that. Uh, but before we do that, I want to say thank you to our sponsor. Once again, that's Energy Texas. Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the great state of Texas, not back east, not overseas, Texas. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. Thank you uh, to energytexas.com for their support uh, for Jerry and I on this program. Um, Jerry, let's let's take some questions if you don't mind. Yeah, and let's really, do it. yeah, let let folks uh, have a have a little say here and, and see what they think. Um, let's start with let's see here. All right, this is going to be from Jacob Brill. How many games do we need to win next year to keep stacking top five classes? Jerry. Um, 
nine in, in the Big 12 championship exiting the league or 10? I mean, take your take your pick. It just needs to continue to be ascending. Uh, kids need to see Texas as ascending on the field. That's the major thing. So you could go, you could go nine and three versus eight and four, and in in the brand of football be ascending in people's eyes. What you can't do is take a step back next year. That's the bottom line. I mean, you got to keep moving forward. You could be nine and four if that's you're true. The, if you're in the Big Twelve championship game. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at. So, and now here's the difference. You can. That's an ascending season. If you go 10 and 2 and you're in the Big 12 championship, then you know, look, you're ranked six, seven in the country, five, six, seven, and you're you're kind of returning to where Texas fans expect Texas football to be, and really a national media expects Texas football to be. So that's kind of the thing in year three for uh Sark is do you get truly get back to where people expect you to be in the state of Texas at the University of Texas and the national media? I think that's gonna be the question that, that Sark's gonna have to answer next year. Do you go nine and three? Or do you hit nine and four? Or do you hit that ten win number and you get in those bit in that win a Big Twelve championship, maybe win eleven and get in one of the big bowl games? I mean, that's going to be the question. Yeah, and let's be let's be clear here. Um, this is the thing that's interesting for me, though, Jerry. The vast majority of recruiting for this class will be done by July. Yeah, before they even step foot on the field for next season. Yeah. So let's keep that in mind too. While you and while most fans are thinking, what does he mean by this? Well, they've actually already set up for the majority of their class for 2023 and 2024 already. Like right. Art Manning made a decision based off of five and seven, yes. not off of eight and four. So this next class will be making a decision off of eight and four, eight and five, as opposed to whatever next year's will. Now that will matter for uh, a few guys like an Anthony Hill who committed late, right. And right. switched over from A&M, but it won't matter for the vast majority of prospects who will make their decisions uh, by July. And it sounds like, you know, that you, you know, we, we know from going through this, that if you want to keep stacking though, you need to keep improving. There is an opportunity at times where you can have a peel back year after you've had a really, really good year. Yep. Not unlike what Jimbo Fisher did uh, after the Orange Bowl win, he kind of peeled back a couple of years in a row and still had a good recruiting class. Uh, but uh, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, and, and look, the other thing too is this is it's easy to say, but this is the year to really make that jump because um, OU struggled in year one, right? See what they do in year two. Um, AM really struggled in their supposed to be top 10 year, right? Uh, set or back to back top 10 years, really. Um, so it, there's an opportunity here. And the other reason I, I think it's important, um, as you head into the SEC is to keep that ascending and upward momentum going. Is Brian Kelly's gonna win at LSU? Anybody that doesn't think he is, I don't know what to tell you. The guy's a tremendous coach. Uh, you know, first thing was, well, he's not a good fit. It doesn't matter if you win. The guy beat Nick Saban year one, so he's suddenly a really good fit, right, outside of his personality. Uh, he's a good fit because he's going to win. And then just getting ready for the SEC. I, I think this third straight top five, top seven class, or whatever you call it, is going to be huge um, because last night was large humans versus not large humans. And Texas needs a lot more large humans. And that's a third straight top five class. Yep. 
thank you to Ronnie Blunson for his uh, super chat uh, donation. Also, uh, Jerry, what wideouts this is from Texas Outlaw yeah. 1990? What are the wideouts you think tech, the tech, the Texans? I'm, I'm sure he meant the Longhorns. Are going to look at in the portal? Yeah, I mean, um, we just mentioned Jerry Bryant. Yeah, yeah, I and I think some of the guys you will see who pops in. We'll see who pops in after that. Yeah, I think I think we're being deliberately coy. Yes, uh, for a reason, and uh, we'll see if if guys go in the portal that we're hearing might go in the portal. If they don't, I mean, I, I got to be honest, I'd, I I would be fifty fifty on whether some of these guys even enter the portal in the first place, much less if they were to end up at Texas. And Bobby, explain this to some because you know we have a lot of new subscribers and everything, new members that are inside Texas all the time. Explain the forty-eight hour rule to people that may not understand that. Yeah. So, and this happened with Xavier Worthy last year. So this right. is it, it doesn't just happen to other teams; it happens to Texas as well. A player puts in his request to enter into the transfer portal. The program that he requests that of has forty-eight hours to enter him into the portal. What that does for a lot of players is it gives them 48 hours to negotiate with their existing teams in IL Collective. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Before he actually appears in the portal. Now, some a couple players tried to do that to Texas last year, and Texas just said, okay. Right. So it's very risky. Not everybody can do this, right? And so I think that, uh, you know, and then, then to go find out they didn't, even get what they thought they were going to get from Texas in the first place. But I, I, I digress. The issue here is that those things could be going on as we speak at various places. And I believe they are with at least one player uh, right now. So I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, and we'll wait and see what happens uh, after the fact, but uh, it, it's very interesting what all's going on right now uh, with the portal and, and who they might go after. Uh, Gary Bryant entered in, uh, I guess it was yesterday. Uh, he'll be a guy Texas looks at. Uh, Texas liked uh, Andrew Armstrong, the guy that went to Arkansas, but uh, he he went ahead and made a decision before Texas was perhaps ready to pull the trigger. Uh, now Texas and Steve Sarkeesian also busy uh, trying to find a wide receiver coach. So that impacts things as well because the wide receiver coach could have uh, some uh, – some, uh, Input, not necessarily input as much as uh, uh, knowledge of the players behind yeah. the scenes that might impact those, those decisions as well. So be thinking about that. Um, Jerry, here we go. If you were Chris Del Conte, this is from King Me. If you were Chris Del Conte, who do you hire as Texas men's basketball coach? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, look, I mean – one, you have to let the season play out a little bit too. I mean, you have to see what Texas does on the court. Um, and, I, you know, you, you got to give Rodney Terry and that staff a chance. Um, if you if you get past that and say, okay, that's not likely. Um, 
I, I think it gets interesting. I, I think, you know, I've reported that Texas is willing to go above and beyond what the Texas football head coach makes. That's never happened before. So that shows a obviously a new commitment with the Moody Center. And look, I mean, here's the bottom line. The Texas basketball job is going to be a coveted job. There's a lot of guys that would take that job if Del Conte or Texas made a call. And the reasons are um, we're living in an NIL world. Texas is positioned nicely. The Moody Center's as good of arena, best arena there is in college basketball. And people saw how quickly Chris Beard was building it. And it had been a long time since people, I think the fans, you know, it had been eight years since Texas won an NCAA tournament game before Beard did year one. But two years in, you're a legit top 10 team and you're a legit two type of seed team. And you you got you attracted guys out of the portal. You're signing five star prospects, so it's easy for people to see what this program can be, and that's not just for the fans. That's for guys coaching college basketball. And so, look, I mean, you're going to hear all the names, right? There's a report about Calipari this week. Um, you're going to hear the Jay Wright. So Jay Wright, would he come out of retirement, or is he going to sit around and wait for the 76ers job if he were to coach again, just stay in Philly? Um, you know. Uh, why did Jay retire from Villanova? Was it they couldn't compete in the NIL space or, you know, was he going to sit out and take a pro job? It's all speculation, um, you know, but there's if Texas is willing to spend the money. They're going to attract really talented coaches. Now, it still needs to be the right fit. I mean, that, there's no doubt about that. It needs to be the right fit. Um, but I think it's an attractive job because of all the things I said and maybe most importantly, the state of Texas produces elite basketball talent. Now, three or four NBA draft picks out of every class, about. And you can also recruit nationally. You can also recruit internationally. Um, you have guys like Kevin Durant who put money into the university in the program, right? You have all those guys are involved. And, and Chris Ogden, Chris Beard, they were, you know, they did a great job getting those guys back involved. It's an attractive job. It's a really good job. Rick Barnes proved, yes, he had the special guy in TJ Ford. So he got to the final four, but he also had two other elite eights. Everybody knows you can cut down the nets and get to a final four at the University of Texas with the talent, the, the, the university, the brand, the NIL, the Moody Center, the NBA talent in the state, the ability to recruit nationally. Now it's about finding the right guy. And if Texas is willing to spend the money, which they are, then they're going to find the right guy. Yeah, I would say not John Calipari <laughs> would be my answer. <laughs> Um, I don't. I don't think that's the right. I don't think that's the right uh, approach for Texas. Um, not saying he wouldn't do a whale of a job at Texas. He he'd attract talent. That's what yeah, you. I just, I just don't know that that's where right. Texas needs to go. I, I, I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Here we go. Here's another one. Um, it's it. This is a question that we perhaps didn't really ask. Right. Ourselves. Right. Is Christian Jones coming back for a, a sixth year actually a good thing? Because does it affect Cam Williams and other OL development and or playing time? Yeah, that was kind of my concern with it when I when we first started talking about it and hearing it is um, not that I was excited Christian Jones was leaving, but I was like I was excited to see some of these young guys take over. Um, what it does is gives Flood more flexibility for one more season. That's the That's main thing. And you're already asking a lot. We asked, Texas asked a lot of two true freshmen. Not many 
redshirt freshman start in college football on the offensive line. Right. That means so you, you've got to realize, I think that that matters, Jerry. I think that seasoning and development matters. Um, yep. Now, Texas signed a whale of a recruiting class with that, with that group of offensive linemen. So, of course, expectations are sped up. Now, with, with if Christian Jones had gone pro, you were looking at um, true sophomore Banks at left tackle, true sophomore Cole Hudson at left guard, uh, true sophomore uh, Cam, DJ Campbell at right guard, and true sophomore Cam Williams at right tackle. So that would have been a pretty young line. So what it does do is it gives a little more experience next year in year three for Sark and Flood and those guys. And also, I just it gives you more versatility. And you know, could Cam Williams be a dominant guard? Well, maybe we'll find out. You know, I mean, could Christian Jones cross trainer guard? I just think it gives them a lot of options to put all the best five on the field to start a football game and have a better rotation next year with more experienced guys in a rotation, possibly. Uh, because again, Bobby, one of the things we've hit on Texas had 13 games with the same five starters. The chance of that happening two years in a row, I better damn near zero. So this may be a very, very good thing um, because you don't know what's going to happen as far as injuries go next year, but it gives more versatility and it gives guys a chance to cross train and it gives flood a chance to really find where all these guys fit best. But initially I'm like the guy that asked the question, is that really a good thing? You know, uh, we'll find out this spring. Yeah. I I think it's going to be interesting uh, what's going on uh, as it relates to that and and really trying to figure out, uh, where uh, the Longhorns uh, sit uh, with it. Um, I, I've got to say this. Someone is asking us on Inside Texas, you guys not aware we have a basketball game in progress? The football team supports the Horns. Why don't you guys? That's a, that, I, I got to be honest. If we, if we didn't have the, the basket, it's actually a women's basketball game at this point, right. I believe. So my first comment is if we always held these things for games that were going on, whether it was volleyball, basketball, baseball, we would never have one of these because there are so many athletic events going on at the University of Texas on any given night. And uh, we typically do these on Tuesday nights and on uh, Fridays at 1 p.m. And uh, so I I want you all to know that we appreciate other sports here, but at, at some level we have to get to what we're doing. And thank you, Matt Hutchison, our uh, our esteemed producer, he puts it up. Texas right now, apparently leading the women's team, leading Kansas 41-29 uh, after the second quarter. Uh, Kansas, but, like they're ranked uh, 23rd in the country. Texas, yeah, and, te- and Texas has uh, Rory Harmon back. I mean, so that's that's a you lose your female TJ Ford, right? You're going to lose some games at Texas with the schedule they play, but her being back and healthy. Uh, she makes the whole thing go. By the way, staying on the basketball thing, uh, Joe, our own Joe Cook just sent it. Uh, our group chat, uh, our group text, a, a tweet. A fan just got thrown out of Rupp Arena for having a "Please go to Texas" sign for John Calipari. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, if you if you're wondering where the Kentucky hearts are going right now. They they don't they they don't suffer basketball coaches kind of like Texas fans don't suffer football coaches. That's yes. that's yes. my take on that. So hey, Rick I Barnes, Rick Barnes once turned down the Kentucky job, and and 
I think a lot of people questioned it, but it's you want to talk about your tough jobs. There's one. You win a national title. You go to what five, four Final Fours, and they're ready for your ass to get out of there. Yeah, I, I Tubby Smith won one like the first year, and they won him gone in year two. Yes, I mean uh, that was amazing. Hey, uh, there it is. <laughs> there's the. There's the <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, by the way, that's the least people you'll ever see in Rupp Arena. I don't know when that was. It had to be before the game. Uh, so the question, how, how is Texas looking for Trey Owens out of Cypress? Well, he's the only quarterback they've offered. So they got to be looking good because they haven't offered anybody else. Yeah, and that's that's a guy that is a 2024 recruit uh, that uh, his decision could be coming soon. Uh, but uh, right now we're, we're monitoring that uh, as we speak. Uh, Trey Owens. Uh, Jerry, you've you've seen him before. What is he? You've seen him in person. What do you, yeah, what do you yeah. like? Yeah, um, yeah. Pure pocket guy. Um, not going to be a play extender. He's going to be a passer. He's going to be a guy that is going to make his plays are going to be made in the pocket. Um, I think he's a good quarterback to take and develop the class behind Arch Manning. You know, he's six four and a half, probably under 95, 200 pounds. He'll probably be two ten, two fifteen by this time next year. Uh, but he made big improvements from a uh, sophomore to junior year. Uh, I, I saw him in a live game. I went to a practice as well. Uh, I think he can make all the throws that Sark's going to require in, in, in the scheme. Uh, but I think he'd be a good guy to follow Arch uh, because, look, you can put a lot of lines in the water. You're not going to you're not coming up with anything national after Arch goes to Texas in 23. Uh, but I think in state, Trey Owens is a, is a good scheme fit. He's uh type of guy that Sark likes to develop, a pocket passer with size. And uh, I think that's – there's a reason he's the only guy they've offered so far. I, I got to go – I got to say this. I got to tell a Bobby Knight story here. Somebody's asking us, is Bobby Knight still around for basketball coach? And I've got to say this. I went to – I opened this podcast or this video cast live stream talking about how I went to take Taste of Texas tonight, took my mom to her birthday dinner, uh, and uh, – I went, I happened to go to the men's room at the restaurant and the men's room has a placard up against the wall. And it's a quote from Bobby Knight, who was notoriously ornery with the media and really just everybody in life. And he said, the quote was, when I die, I hope they bury me upside down so all the critics can kiss my ass. Yes. I actually watched that live when he said that. Now, he said that in assembly hall, by the way. <laughs> now, by the way, somebody, somebody asked if he's still around. He's not in good health. Um, hey, hey I, I was washing my hands reading that tonight, and I was like, what, what am I reading? Um, yeah, he, he's his health is not really good these days. Um, hey, there's one we need to comment on. Um, he was in assembly hall for the first time in years. I believe it was last year. They were uh, doing a celebration of one of the teams and he did not look like he was in good health at that point in time for those wondering. Got it. Somebody asked about Rick Patino. Look, before we get to Ruben's question, Rick Patino in a basketball game is as good a coach as there is in college, as good as coaches there's been in college for a long, long time. Um, I mean, is he somebody that Texas would hire? I don't know. Would he, coach the game great would he evaluate talent tremendously absolutely that's never going to change with him is he the right hire for texas questionable great coach. Uh, great that's a good question about uh more about 
football itself and, and yeah. on field. What does Sark need to do better next year with in-game adjustments? I'm going to change this from for Ruben, Ruben and just give this to you, Jerry. What does Sark need to do better next year, period? I think uh... – when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think more three wide sets, right? I, I think that's, you know, I think getting Quinn in better situations, right? And when Sark said in his postseason press conference, we need to uh, improve the passing game. I, he wasn't really talking about Quinn Ewer's de- um, delivery of a football. He's talking about expanding the passing game, getting back to the scheme uh, that's always made Sarkeesian very, very good and one of the best. And so I think that's the thing is develop that third wide receiver. Um, not be in a position where you're trying to force feed the ball to one wide receiver um, in two receiver routes, uh, because I, I think that's going to be so so big, so key next year. Now, for that to take place, one you have to John Tay Cook has to come through, Nair has to be healthy, or somebody out of the portal has to come in and be an impact starter, or Savion Red, Brennan Thompson. I don't want to somebody guys have to step up, right? But I think the growth of the offensive line is also key there too because the last thing Texas wanted to do with a young offensive line this year was get their quarterback hit time and time and time again. So I think all that stuff comes together. But, look, if a third wide receiver steps up and that guy has actually a vertical threat, you think Jatavion Sanders was good this year? Wait until next year. No doubt. No doubt. Um, Let's see here. A couple other questions for us uh, that I want to get to. Let's start with this one. Um, from uh, Freelance Society. I know some programs taking a lot of transfers, such as OU. Do, the, do you think that's a good strategy or mostly a one-to-year, two-year type strategy for new coaches? So I, Bobby and I, we, I don't know if we'll have the same opinion on this, but if you're prepared, I'll call it prepared in the portal, um, PIP, that's a new PIP, prepared in the portal, you can do what FSU did. They are getting on guys quick and getting them on campus quick. And you could argue, I don't even think it's an argument, that saved Mike Norvell's job and got that program turned around this year. So I think there's different ways to attack the portal. Um, I don't think, you know, taking 20 guys is the answer unless it's a new coach and, you know, and you have no choice. But I think the key in the portal is identifying immediately and getting on campus almost immediately. And I think if you do that, it's like speed dating. A college coach called it speed dating is the portal. Um, and I think FSU's done the best job of that in the last last class and so far in this class again. I mean, I think FSU's doing a great job. That's kind of the model in the portal for me right now. Auburn's trying really hard under Hugh Freeze to kind of mirror what FSU's done. Uh, but that's kind of my take on the portal. I don't know about yours, Bobby. Um, I, I feel like I, I feel like uh, it is a short-term strategy, but I also feel like you have to do that uh, to catch up. 
Yeah. Like I, I, I have no problem with teams that go 10, as many as 10 to 15 in the portal to fill needs, but hopefully you've got some other things going on and you get down to that five to seven notch every year. Yeah. Uh, but I, I firmly believe that even the best team should be taking five to seven guys in the portal every year, unless you're Georgia and you don't need them. Yeah. And then you only take three, but Georgia has already taken two wide receivers in the portal this year. Right. So five to seven is what a strong program in my opinion uh, should be trying to take each and every year. Um, Now I will say this. There's, there's preciously few strong programs in, in, in reality, right? Um, you're talking about Georgia, maybe Alabama, you know, who else? Ohio State maybe is not yeah. going to take that many. Those yeah. are the three. Michigan will take a lot because they, they don't necessarily have the skill guys. And Clemson's, not gonna take, Clemson's not going to take any, but that's a program I think slowly in decline a little bit. I mean. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you, you, I think you and I are on the same page. Um, yeah. Uh, I need to say thanks to our sponsor one last time tonight. Uh, we're going to get going here in a couple of minutes. Uh, energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas, not back east, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. Uh, Jerry, I want to get to a couple more questions. When is Sark going to realize he can get a passer and runner at the QB position? Uh, we're talking about Trey Owens being his only 24 offer. Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning both being the, the quarterbacks de jour in Austin. Is it possible? I think we limit ourselves by just going after pro-style passers. Well, I think it's um, almost a moot point. I mean, look, Bryce Young is the closest thing that Sark's recruited, and he's still a pocket passer that can make plays with his feet. Uh, I just don't expect that. That's not where I think things are going uh, under Sarkeesian. I think that he has a scheme. Um, he's a pro-style quarterback developer, and I think that's the way things are going to play out in Austin as long as Steve Sarkeesian's there. So to me, it's almost not worth talking about. And there's a difference between how Georgia used the running quarterback last night and how TCU likes to use the running quarterback. Right. Correct. Um, Georgia used a goal line, power run type stuff. Total misdirection. Uh, they used them on a like a naked boot. They TCU likes to do the quarterback power and a quarterback counter. Two totally different things. You can still have guys that are effective runners, but don't aren't necessarily runners per right. se. And I think that's Steve Sarkeesian's idea of it. A couple more quick questions. I got to go here in a minute. Uh, Jerry and I have some uh, previous engagement. Uh, Real quick, is Texas planning from Fred Bowie? Is Texas planning to build a new indoor football complex? Short answer is yes. Uh, They've already gotten some, I I think they're already looking in that and speaking with uh, Chris Del Conte a couple of months ago, they were already down the road and trying to make that a reality, whether or not that's an official uh, comment from him or not. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Jerry, do you see Michael Hudson, the wide receiver from Lake Belton, that's supposedly the number one or two receiver in the state or country even uh, this year, ending in the summer or lasting longer? Yeah, I think it's hard to say right now. Majority of kids, like Bobby said, are going to be wrapped up before their senior season starts. 
Um, there will be a few guys. Uh, you know, I talked to Colin Simmons on Monday. It seems like December could be possible for him. But, again, we're so early in this process. It, 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 we're late in the offer process, but we're er, early in the starting junior day process, then spring official visits process. But the majority of these guys are going to have decisions before their senior year begins. And, and I think this is even affecting some of the really top players now, Bobby. With the portal, I think there's people telling these kids, hey, get it out of the way before your senior season starts. And I think there's more pressure on these kids to get it out of the way before their senior season starts because of the portal and the impact it has during and after the season. All right, last one. I want to take this one. Is Texas pursuing Clayton Smith, uh, the Texarkana linebacker that signed with Oklahoma a couple of years ago? He was one of the former number one linebackers. Texas is not, to my knowledge. I don't think Texas is going to take a uh, a uh, linebacker from the portal after all of those linebackers they took in recruiting. Hey, Bobby, uh, one last thing. You anything, yeah, you have anything you need to add? Yeah, 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 because you kind of wrote about TCU this morning. What do you think that game does to TCU long-term? I mean, nobody's ever got annihilated like that in a national title game to that level. Great that you got there, but what is is it hurt you more getting there long term, or does it help you more? I, I, I'm kind of confused right now on it, honestly. Well, the bloom is certainly off the rose. Yes, um, it, it's an embarrassing. I, I'll put it this way for Texas fans: What was was it better to have gotten into the Cotton Bowl in 1992, or to have lost to Miami 46 to three? Yeah. You could argue a little bit of both. Um, I, I felt like uh, TCU got a great season. I don't want to take anything away from them. But all of that uh, magic that they had during the season, I don't think it'll be hurtful for them long term. But I don't necessarily believe that it's going to have the positive impact they thought it could have had. I agree. I mean, I think it it brought them back down a little bit and said, "Okay, you know, we're you know, we still got a ways to go here, Bubba." And, and we got, we got, yes, got a ways to go, and conference going to change, right? And yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I can't, I can't think of another. I mean, some people were talking about Oklahoma versus USC, right? That year, I did. That that was the only national championship game I thought of. You know, but the difference is Bob Stoops had won one already, right? He'd been to a couple more, right? And um, that was the last appearance, obviously. But this was almost like your one shot type of deal. And in your one shot, you got beat 100 nothing, essentially. So, yeah, it's, it, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what that's going to do in future recruiting because TCU is starting to pop up on lists. With the 24 and 25 class, are they going to pop up on the list as much? I say probably not. Yeah, I think they'll probably be better off than they were a year ago, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, I mean, look, I think they're going to be a good good football team again next year. They may not be as good, right? I don't. I'm not predicting that by any chance, but they they've got some good players returning, yeah. uh, uh, particularly uh, on defense, I believe. And so, got some we'll JUCO see. corners that are very talented coming up. Yeah. So let, let's see how it goes. All right, hey Jerry, thank you so much again uh, for joining us. Uh, we've got a lot of news happening right now on InsideTexas.com. Please join us over there, whether it's – I mean, I started out and I even missed the director of player personnel thing that we're tracing or tracking right now. We've got portal stuff coming on. we got guys that we think are going to be entering the portal soon. Uh, 
Texas is looking for a wide receivers coach. I mean, it's it's all over. Basketball coach. Basketball's tomorrow. Um, there's just all kinds of stuff going on. So yeah. please, please join us. 30 bucks until uh, the start of football season, basically, at Inside Texas right now for first-time annual subscribers. You really can't get a better deal than that. Uh, for Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been the Longhorn Livestream on Tuesday night. Thanks, Jerry. Y'all have a good one, guys. Hook them. Yeah.